0: My name's Emma. And I don't remember how we start these because it's been uh, (laughs) recording the Komodo. It's been a bit since we recorded the last episode that you heard.
1: (laughs) Whoops. College Uh, is a thing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, uh, since I don't remember how we started it, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, something uh, that I relatively recently watched. Uh, Namely. Uh, back at the end of December, I went and saw the Book of Mormon, and I had a lot of thoughts about it that are relevant to, uh, that are relevant to faith. (laughs) Okay, so, um, going into the Book of Mormon musical, uh, I was just about as fresh as you could be, because, uh, real-world context here, I have never seen South Park. (laughs) I still don't know what they mean when they say they killed Kenny. Um... So to say that I was, uh, tonally unprepared for this musical is a giant understatement.
1: Oh man, walk me through, like, everything about it, because I have at no, absolutely no basis for it. Okay.
0: Well. Uh, well I've got the Wikipedia article pulled up because I can't remember people's names tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mm-hmm. am recently over being sick, uh, a so mood. people's names aren't doing super well for me right now. <laughs> um, okay, so the Book of Mormon is a creation by, uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, Uh, who are the same people who initially made, uh, who are most famous, arguably, for making South Park. Um, I have no prior experience with South Park. Um, we never had whatever, whatever show it was on when I was growing up. Uh, to this day, I still don't know, uh, who Kenny is or why they killed him. No. Um, (laughs) and no, I don't want to know why. This kind of humor is not really up my alley. No. Uh, but... The music for the show, interestingly enough, was created by uh, Robert Lopez, who also created a movie that you might be familiar with called Frozen.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's super crazy.
0: Yeah, so uh, South Park plus uh, Frozen and Avenue Q makes the Book of Mormon. Uh, The short summary of the musical is that it follows the adventures and misadventures of two young Mormon missionaries, uh, Elder Cunningham and Elder Price. Uh, Elder Price is the tall golden boy one. Uh, and Elder Cunningham is the funny fat one.
1: (laughs) My favorite trope.
0: Oh yeah. Everyone's favorite trope. Um, also because, uh, uh, in case it wasn't clear by the South Park references, um, there's a lot of things in this show that aren't especially, I'm just going to use the phrase, Subtle or sensitive, <laughs> so uh, just take with take with this episode my tacit unendorsement in uh, in the, a lot of the things that this is going to be talking about. But uh, anyway, in in the musical, uh, Elder Price and Elder Cunningham have to go off and do their missionary work, which is something that in the Mormon Church, uh, mo- I think it's most uh, most. Mormons are, or most members of the Church of Latter-day Saints are asked to go and do missionary work for I believe it's somewhere between three to seven years once they turn 18, or presumably once you like finish the year of school and you're in when you turn 18. Um, And in this case, uh, Elder Price and Elder Cunningham are sent to uh, Uganda, and I may be pronouncing that incorrectly, again, uh, I apologize, (laughs) Uh, but they get sent to, to Uganda and absolutely nothing like what they were expecting, because Elder Price wants to be the perfect golden boy and do everything perfectly and be a little born boy, and Elder Cunningham just wants to be there to appreciate people and support people and make friends. Hmm. Uh, over the course of the musical, uh, they of course find out that, uh, hey, white people aren't maybe the best people to try and bring religion to people in In Africa. they have various things happen. There's a song about uh, suppressing your emotions. Uh, there's a song about uh, the scary Mormon hell dream, <laughs> uh, which at one point I think does involve Satan playing an electric guitar.
1: That sounds about right. Uh,
0: yeah. And uh, through various misadventures, it turns out that the method they've been using to share their faith with the Ugandans, is simply reading out of the Book of Mormon, which, uh, going by the example of the musical set, is an extremely dry, uh, not very interesting, like, religious text. Mm. Uh, and so far, none of the missionaries, uh, from the Church of Latter-day Saints have been able to convert any of the Ugandans to the Church, and they're all extremely discouraged, and... The turning point is when uh, Elder Cunningham uh, decides to interpret the Book of Mormon in a much less literal and much more fun way by weaving in his favorite references to pop culture and comic books. I think Lieutenant Uhura is there. There's Hobbits at some point. (laughs) And uh, this, this this less literal approach is ultimately successful at winning over a lot of the, a lot but not all, of the people of this village that they're sent to, whose name I can't even remember right now, uh, and I'll, I'll pull it up in a minute, um, but this and the end of the musical is that uh, Elder Price realizes that he's been a giant jerk and apologizes and becomes a better person. Uh, the, the Church of Latter-day Saints excommunicates the entire community. Because uh, oh, because of their lack of strict adherence to the Church of Latter-day Saints' beliefs. And they decide to start their own church. And they go, I guess they presumably start going around Uganda trying to uh, convert people and help people. So in a roundabout way, it has a good message about faith. But there's right. a lot of road. There's a lot of uh, speed bumps that it takes to get there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine.
0: <laughs> yeah. One of my I think one of my coworkers described it as uh, the book, like when they were making the Book of Mormon or just South Park in general uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone decided to avoid offending certain people by just deciding to offend everybody. <laughs> um, so that's not something that I necessarily endorse but they did have some good things in the show. Right. Um Namely, the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that I could think of with this musical was how they definitely do a lot of mocking of religion. Um, to be fair, uh, organized religion is sometimes really funny and weird and deserves to have fun poked at it. Sure. Um, speaking as the daughter of a deacon here. <laughs> uh, the musical doesn't necessarily give a lot of credence to the value of organized religion. It's in the show, organized religion is something that is, uh, I think it's fair to say mocked Mm -hmm. and it's portrayed as being relatively useless. Uh, however, their counterpoint to that is that, uh, the faith is that sharing of faith is better than organized religion. And I think at some point, one of the characters says something like if, if it's help, if, like, sharing faith or presenting it in, in a different manner, in this case, the, presenting it, with the context of pop culture, uh, pop culture, like, fables and motifs, uh, if that helps people, how can it be wrong? And that's something that, like, you know, like, I can mostly get behind that.
1: Sure. It's definitely interesting because, like, I think especially, like, young, um, Young Christians is my experience, but I think it's young religious people in general, like, are just, like, really starting to question organized religion, and, um, I know Book of Mormon's not, like, new, but I think it's definitely, from what I'm hearing, at least relevant to, um, like, the climate of, you know, spiritual people in the 21st century, and, like, I definitely think... I'm on the side of, like, organized religion is not perfect and at sometimes genuinely bad. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Organized religion is a human institution and as such will never be perfect. Yes.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, I think it's definitely important to know, like, that, like, you can do religion on your own. Or you can do, like, spirituality on your own. But, like at least, like, my church that I've been going to is really adamant about teaching, like, community and, like, you know... Community outreach. Yes, and, like, and knowing that, like, you can do religion, and you can even know certain people who are religious and, like, bond over that, but, like, the community that is in a church is just something that you can't get anywhere else, and however you do it, having a community like that is super important.
0: Yeah, I I would argue that that, well, I would argue, I, I agree with you that uh, when, I mean, this applies to just, like, the entire human experience, having a group of people who can share in your beliefs mm-hmm. and help support you uh, in your beliefs and outside of your beliefs is incredibly important. I mean, look at all the fandom communities. Uh, for, yeah, for honestly. Go- look, look at the look at the internet for good and for ill. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for real. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's a really interesting point, actually. Like, I, like, comparing organized religion to fandoms is not, this is not the first time I've heard that, but it's definitely, like, a really interesting parallel that you wouldn't think exists, but definitely does, where, like, um, I, I think especially, like, a lot of people online will, like, they'll make fun of or you know disparage like organized religion but then turn right to these fandoms where they're pretty much doing the same thing maybe there's less like big decisions and like world games involved but like it's the same thing pretty much
0: (laughs) yeah yeah you'll (laughs) you might poke fun at a church event and poke, poke fun at people going out to have their fun jesus singing time and then you i don't know uh Go watch ten hours of my brother, my brother and me just the just the lunch squad segments <laughs> right, or something,
1: yeah. sure, which like those are
0: both good,
1: <laughs> yeah, both good it's interesting, I remember very distinctly this is something that I think about all the time is like one I was in youth group years ago, we had some speaker come in who was like this young lady, and she was she honestly was specifically talking about fandom i think because we were a really nerdy youth group (laughs) and she one thing she said that still stuck sticks with me is like imagine if you guys like were so excited about jesus and about you know like the bible and like the good word and everything as you are about doctor who and i was like Oh, that would be pretty cool, actually, (laughs) if that was the 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 truth. The truth, but it wasn't, and I still struggle with that. I think putting, like, I think my hierarchy of, like, important things is super skewed, and it's something that I continue to work on, and I think everybody does. Um, But yeah, it's very interesting.
0: Yeah, I think maybe. Part of the part of the reason why a lot of times comparisons are like like the one speaker you had are drawn between like religion and faith and also like fandom and stuff mm-hmm. is that a lot of the times um, pe- people especially young people are like so disconnected from their faith because mm. they don't have as many things to relate to. Oh sure, like for. For some people, it's like, hey, like, I, like, like, I, yes, I might say that I'm, I don't know, I might say that I'm Jewish, but I don't have, but I, I like, I'm, I don't follow, I don't follow kosher or whatever, like, I'm not Orthodox, mm-hmm. but, uh, but you know who I really love is I really love Captain America. I'm a big fan of Captain America, mm-hmm. or I'm a big fan of Superman or like I like I read every D C comic that Superman's in. Mm-hmm. Um because the fictional narratives a lot of the time that we take in are ones that we can more easily relate ourselves to. Oh absolutely. Because like it it's one thing for, you know, like it's one thing for, you know, like you to be sitting at church and hearing about the genealogy of Jesus, which <laughs> is the absolute Worst Oof, reading to have to sit through at Christmas and or Easter. Oh man! Uh, because it's all about and and Nehemiah begat Jehoshaphat and Jehoshaphat begat Whoa. Nehariah, and Nehariah begat Ezekiel and thus spake the generations until the time of the Babylonian crisis. Oh my or goodness! Something like that. I
1: I we don't use we don't do like readings like that uh, in in my church. So like. That's really interesting to me. Do they, like, try and, re- like, tell you why it's important that you're hearing this? Or is it just, like...
0: Um, sometimes, depending on the church that you go to. Um, I think, actually, John Mulaney put it really well. <laughs> that, uh, this will not be the last time that he comes up, I'm sure. we we'll
1: us um, do an episode on him, honestly.
0: That'd be fun. Um, <laughs> but at one point, uh, he is... I think he grew up in the Catholic Church, yeah. and I'm, I'm still Catholic. Uh, but he described the homily, uh, so essentially like the sermon, as a book report, but you make it funny.
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, that's that's pretty, a lot of like the sermon or the homily, depending on what kind of church you're going to, is uh, trying to present the information for the day or the week or whatever mm-hmm. in a way that you'll be able to get some meaning out of it. Right. Uh, and that's what I feel like a lot of the times, like organized religions and faith, like completely like misstep on, mm-hmm. yeah. Because that that's part of the main conflict of the Book of Mormon, the musical, mm-hmm. is that the the way that the Church of Latter Day Saints in the show has been instructing its missionaries is simply go forth, read what is written in the Book of Mormon, and. Uh, The people who are not yet members will flock to you because you have the truth. And they don't tell people that the word that they're presented with is absolutely boring. (laughs) Which is why in the show, the the approach that's been taken by apparently every single prior missionary that's ever gone to Uganda has failed. because, Because the people that they're trying to bring into their faith just can't relate to it. Right. But but when um but when uh Elder Cunningham uh relates it to oh well like there was I'm trying to think of an example from the show. I'm just gonna make one up. That's that's kind of in line with the show. (laughs) When Cyclops uh there was a there was a there was a man of faith named Scott Summers and he was stricken with terrible eyesight um, but he prayed to the Lord who told, uh, Charles Xavier to give him a cool pair of sunglasses and then he could see. So, uh, it, so God wants you all to be able to see or something, <laughs> something vaguely like that. Sure. A lot of the, um, a lot of the solutions for faith that are presented in the show are relating to specifically the problems that the Ugandans, uh, mm-hmm. have. Like, for example... Uh, The fact that the entire village is going through an AIDS crisis. Oh, wow. Or that uh, they're being governed by a uh, military uh, dictator general. What? Yes. uh, Who has a name that I don't remember, and I'm pretty sure it's explicit, so I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Um, But when Elder Cunningham makes the connection and is presenting things as metaphors instead of Reading the literal dry mm-hmm. word that he's been presented with, that's when they're able to make connections between uh, themselves and the people of the village. <laughs> like that's when they're finally able to reach a common ground. Sure, yeah. Because every culture has metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> they might not have the Book of Mormon, but you can relate it to them in a way that will, like, you can you can say it in other words and still get the message across.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's a really I that's a pretty good message from the Book of Mormon actually. Like like my dad is a pastor and he, um like when he especially when he was like first starting out, he pretty much like every single sermon he did had some sort of reference to Star Wars. I think I've heard at least three different ones where he takes Luke and like just walks through his journey and relates it to like the Christian journey and mm-hmm. Um, and it's honestly like really good because i like, I wish I could remember anything specific, but like, it's, it, people are already invested in Star Wars. People understand Star Wars. It's like a baseline and it's not that hard to, you know, get that story. But then when you, like <laughs> what we're doing this podcast, honestly, but once you like get deeper into it and apply a deeper meaning to things, like it's, it really like explains to me at least like why I like fandom and stories so much is because you can hide so much like meaning into them that like maybe you'll never even see it but as long as one other person does like then it's doing great and it's just really interesting to me for sure my dad is going to seminary right now and so he's um you know you know getting better at being a pastor learning how to do it better and so he's been trying to like and he's been doing it pretty well but like when he was trying to like wean off of like using star wars references and like pop culture references um just to be a little bit more professional perhaps um people would like come up to him after uh after the church was over and there wouldn't be any comment about like how the sermon was or anything they'd be like you didn't have any star wars references in that one are you okay <laughs> <laughs> are you still like star wars right and he's like yeah, yeah i'm just trying to maybe not be the star wars preacher yeah
0: that's uh i mean that's just i feel like that's kind of a universal experience like when you have one thing that you're really into and then you mm-hmm. try to branch out people are like why are you stopping doing x <laughs> which sometimes just like sometimes i just want to like branch out
1: yeah no i agree yeah it's it's oh it's fun uh, like, I personally, like, I t- I totally understand why my dad wants to branch out a little bit and be more professional, but, like, I definitely think it's really valuable, especially for younger people in the audience, to have something like that to really, like, engage them in the sermon, because I know that, like, um, not to call my church out specifically, we are having kind of a falling out, but it's fine. Um, (laughs) uh, Where, like, we'll have, like, maybe a, a, a series about, like, grace, and, Mm -hmm. like, and every week is, like, some sort of delving into, like, a specific passage about grace, or a specific, a specific aspect about grace. And it's good, Mm -hmm. but it's so hard to keep me engaged, I know, and so I have to assume it's the same for a lot of people. When, like, y- it's just, like, it's harder to relate that kind of thing to mm-hmm. you. It's, like, it feels like reading, like, a definition out of, like, a dictionary and, like, mm-hmm. not really understanding how that applies. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's kind of the whole thing. Like, present, when you're trying to, like, f- like, find common ground or, like, or impart something, convincing. I mean, here we're getting to just, like, public speaking. Yeah. Or, like, <laughs> Basic principles of communication, like find common ground, like mm-hmm. if like try and formulate a thought here. I I feel like we've already said something to this effect a lot, but like if you're trying to like if you're trying to share something with people, whether that's like an expression of your faith or you're trying to find common ground with a coworker who maybe you're not as who maybe you don't work as well with, like being able to find common ground and like think, like, hey, like, what are things that we have in common? What are things that this Mm -hmm. one... What are things that, like, their story and mine have in common that we can use as a bridge to, like, approach this together? Like, that's super important.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I think that is, like... (laughs) Not to get too political or anything, and I don't think we should delve down this too far, but, like, there's... With so much, like, unrest and you know, like, clashing in politics right now. Like, ignoring the other side is not the answer. And, like, being aggressive, I don't think, is always the answer either. I think sometimes it's deserved. But, like, I think actively trying to find a way to reach them and, like, not just, like, yell your opinion at their opinion, but, like, find some sort of common ground Mm -hmm. is... The only way that you know we can really like yeah. <laughs> fix things, I feel like, as humans on Earth right now, you know. Yep. <laughs> yeah, which is not to say be a Nazi sympathizer, obviously. No,
0: <laughs> it's uh, to say
1: you know, like, no.
0: Let's uh, let's go ahead and get that out of the way yeah, right sure. now. <laughs> uh, Nazi, uh This podcast does not support uh, Nazis or the alt right. Or anything yeah, similar to that. Not. This is a happy podcast. Yes. So no. No bigots here.
1: <laughs> no bigots here. Yep. <laughs> um I man I feel like we've gotten super off track. But this is a good conversation and I enjoy it anyway.
0: Yeah. Um I'm trying to think of what Where are were other we? <laughs> uh I'm trying to think of what are other big points of talking about faith in the show. Um one of the biggest points, I think, in the show is when, um, the only notable woman character in the show, mm. uh, again, because South Park, <laughs> sure progressive, um, uh, her name is, I'm pretty sure it's Nabalungi. Okay. Which is, you know, they, uh, they just took the, they just took the most African-sounding name they could come up with. Uh, but, uh. She's the main, I guess you could say, contact between the Mormon missionaries and uh, the rest of the villagers. Sure. And she's the first one to really be, um, to really be, like, reached out to mm. by Elder Cunningham. Um, and the interest, full disclosure, it's also because, again, she's pretty, they do have a romance in the show. It's actually relatively sweet, um, but they, uh, but... She is, she's one of the first people to uh, want to be, to want to become a member of the Mormon Church, mm-hmm. um, because she really appreciates and understands the, uh, the narrative and the faith that uh, Elder Cunningham is relating. And he, uh, and it kind of gets botched along the way, partially because uh, Elder Price mentions uh, Salt Lake City as being uh, a a paradise on earth. And so she she, she decides that it's literal, and that if everyone converts to the Mormon church they'll be able to move away from their village and have better lives. Hmm. Uh, And she continues to take everything uh, that uh, elders Price and Cunningham say extremely literally, Hmm. and then has her faith uh, shattered when the um I think it's when the the Mormon bishop comes to congratulate them on baptizing so many people and when he tells them that uh like Salt Lake City is uh, a real place and that it isn't necessarily when the bishop tells them that they can't go to Salt Lake City uh Napolungi's faith is pretty much destroyed because Oof. she. She wanted something. She was, she she had faith that there would be something that she could have in this existence that was mm. not her existence. And being told that she couldn't have that again by a white man, <laughs> uh absolutely destroyed her. And at some point, she was somehow, uh, she was able to get her faith back. I think it was because one of the villagers pointed out that, like. She's she's the only one taking everything literally. The rest of them all knew that it was just metaphors. and um, they, sure. And they were deciding to follow it anyway because it was helping them in their own day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so hers is kind of... Hers is one of the main, like, breakings of faith within the show.
1: Sure, yeah. I feel like... There's a lot of facets to that character that are problematic that I definitely don't have the oh, yeah. energy or time to go
0: into. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just the blanket statement that um, if uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stoned it is definitely problematic. <laughs> we are not. We are not the podcast to go into all the reasons why.
1: Gosh, that. yeah, no. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that that does remind me of like another thing that this was reminding me of is like really just recently I've been exposed to the idea that like mission trips and like stuff like that are kind of problematic and which is something that i never thought of
0: yeah in my
1: like upbringing and it's something i've been like just recently coming to terms with
0: yeah there's a word for it it's volunteerism
1: (laughs) oh yes there it is (laughs) yeah 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 and so that's really interesting because i've been like Because, I mean, I know people who've gone on mission trips my entire life. And, like, it's always been this, like, oh, you're such a good... Well, they don't say it in this many words, but it feels like... It's like, oh, you're such a good Christian because you went and helped these poor people. And I think that it's just such a damaging way to imagine other societies, and especially third world countries, to think that they're just, like, waiting for our help. And that, like, we're the people who are going to be able to... Fix them or whatever. Oh like, yeah, oh
0: yeah. We are it's so bad. <laughs> we do not have enough time to discuss the issue of uh, white saviorism.
1: <laughs> Oof, yeah.
0: Because, uh, yeah, like also full context here. I've gone on, I think, I think three mission trips in my mm-hmm. life, and yeah, like, so, like part, like part of going on a mission trip is, um, actually. <laughs> For people who maybe are listening that aren't as familiar with what a mission trip is, okay. uh, it's usually something run by a church, uh, where a bunch of usually school age kids, so between let's say uh, let's let's say uh, fifteen and twenty four, sure. uh, travel to a location. Usually, it's outside of their native country. Uh, mm-hmm. And they go and do volunteer work for a set period of time, and they you know get to go and see the sites and stuff around the area.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and they usually have some kind of faith services, and then the white people go home
1: <laughs> right yeah, yeah, it's it's, yeah.
0: it's it's a whole thing, and it is not it is not an especially uh, great cultural institution mm-hmm. um but. Uh, I'm gonna keep myself short here and just say like the way to the way to solve it is to be more aware of people and to help build up other people's infrastructures mm-hmm. so that they don't have to rely on mission trips to help them,
1: absolutely. yeah. And like, I think that there are different kinds of mission trips that are significantly less problematic. like i've I've gone on a couple. i don't I don't I've never gone out of the country for one, but I've definitely gone on ones where, like, We go, like, help build houses and um, do work for people who aren't, like, able to afford hiring someone to do it and stuff like that. And I don't think that that's wrong. Like, the where it becomes problematic is when you are going to, especially, like, a third world country and, like, doing this work for them and then, like, trying to force your religion down their throats. Mm -hmm. It's... Like, you can do it, and you can be there, and they can know that you're from a church. But, like, I think what I hope happens in the future of doing missions in the church is, like, that it becomes more of a focus on doing good work for the sake of helping people like we're called to do, as opposed to very specifically spreading the gospel. Because we're called to do that, but, like, it's – it you. Like my belief is that like the works should speak to that like Mm they should they should be able to get God's word from the good work that you're doing not necessarily you forcing them to believe it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also want to just issue a blanket statement that part of the problem is also um, a lot of the issue of I think there's actually I think Jesus actually literally says like take care that you remove the beam from your own eye before you take the splinter from your Mm -hmm. brothers. (laughs) Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, Jesus did. (laughs) Um, and like to kind of like circle back around. Part of the presentation of faith in the Book of Mormon is like, yeah, like a lot of it's problematic because they don't know really how to present their own faith because they just Mm -hmm. have a strict, cut and dry religion. and when uh, and when they do work towards more expressing and sharing faith. Uh, They go outside of those strict cut and dry boundaries, Mm -hmm. and then they get kicked out of their previous community for it, which is not something that should ever have to happen. No, (laughs) Does it? Yes. Should it? No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oof. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to get into that. (laughs) No, that's fine. That's good. Um. Oh, something that I was also reminded of is like, um, talking about like how the like church and like organized religious institutions deserve to be kind of poked fun at and mm-hmm. all of that. But there's like a respectful way to do it and a, a better way to do it than I assume the Book of Mormon did. Um, when like, and if anybody wants that, I have a great recommendation: the, the podcast Mega is I think I've even mentioned it before, but like it's about like a fake mega church in like Indiana, and it is so good at um like poking fun at like like christianese and uh-huh. like the little weird things that happen, weird beliefs that people have and but at the same time painting it in like uh like in a better light, you know. Like, I think there's a way to do it, and... That, a more that's...
0: positive and critical depiction.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Instead of
0: negative and critical. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know at some point, um, I have on our list of topics that I want to discuss, uh, I have the Sister Act movies, which Ooh. are some of my favorite portrayals of Catholicism. <laughs> uh, also because Maggie Smith and the movie Goldberg is nuns. Hell um, is. But, Heck uh... Yes. <laughs> Heck yes um but yeah so i I definitely i do agree that like as as we as humanity uh continue on with however many years we have left on this earth uh and let's not think about that too much uh
1: that's for another episode
0: yeah no that's uh that's for a different that's maybe for a different podcast <laughs> yeah. um i i it is like looking at organized religions like yes definitely definitely look at them critically and like. It's important to be able to look at them and like look at yourself and be able to separate out like, like, where does my faith like start and stop and my religion mm-hmm. begin? Because like, for probably a lot of people, like those are inseparable. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to, I guess like have like yes, like this is my faith, and like yes, I am a part of this religion. Mm-hmm. um But being able to have your faith separate means, like, you can also then look at the religion with a critical eye and not mm-hmm. have to, and not have to worry about as much, like, the stability of your faith in whatever it is.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Like, it's, and this is a metaphor that I've heard a hundred times, but like, I don't think, not really in this context, where like, if your foundation for, like, your spirituality is mm-hmm a church or a specific pastor or, like, a group of people, mm-hmm. it is destined to fail and disappoint you because yeah, those because... people can't hold it up. Yeah, because, and hu- yeah.
0: humans are fallible. Everything we create is fallible.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. And so, like, your, like, faith has to be grounded in, like, in the Bible and the, the in, in the word of God because if it's ba- on anything else, it's not going to stand up. Yeah. Yep.
0: And like that doesn't even have to necessarily be restricted, like to God. Like if you believe in, oh sure, um, yeah, to yeah do, absolutely. To to do maybe a little bit of a reference to yourself, if you be, if you believe in the goodness of people, mm-hmm. like sure. like that's also a perfectly valid faith to have. Absolutely. <laughs> if you believe yeah. in the flying spaghetti monster, sure, why not?
1: <laughs> I have a friend who's actually ordained in that in that church. <laughs> the okay, flying spaghetti monster. Okay, <laughs> a choice.
0: I know absolutely nothing about that but like <laughs> as long as your faith isn't harming people like go for it absolutely be yeah. able to separate out whatever religious practices might follow from your faith mm-hmm. if you need to do that but like just don't hurt people <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. really it's crazy how many things can just be dumbed down to just don't
0: hurt people yeah <laughs> Love, will uh, pare it down even further to be nice to people yes
1: <laughs> absolutely I feel like this has sparked a lot of good good conversation
0: yeah and uh, I guess uh, Book of Mormon touring cast if any of y'all are listening <laughs> uh, <laughs> I even though I had a lot of issues with the material that you were presenting I think you did a very good job Aww. your production was very <laughs> good there were some, there were some uh, audio mixing issues, but uh, <laughs> but but the cast was very talented. The sets were great. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the chorus members did a great job at the end of the curtain call, which was fantastic.
1: Sure. Yeah, we're mostly uh, criticizing the, the the OG writers. Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. You. This is this is your job. You can't help the material that you're mm-hmm. that you were given. Sure. <laughs> I, I, one of my, one of my friends from high school is at, is in musical theater. She's not currently in a, uh, in a stage show Mm during production that you would necessarily, uh, that you would necessarily interpret as being in musical theater. But, like, those jobs are hard to come by. And so, uh, cast and crew, if you're listening, like, kudos to you. More power (laughs) to you. Absolutely. Support the arts, because no one else will. (laughs) absolutely
1: well um i guess i want to say that um i know there are people out there who uh really want to find a like organized religion again like you know like they want to get back into their faith and um you know like find some sort of like a community that they can be a part of and I'm not a whole church, but if you ever need me, like my DMs are open. I wanna talk about mm-hmm. this stuff all the time. So, um just know that you have a community in me and in Christina and oh yeah. You there we are out there and you will find somebody and a group of people oh, who yeah. love you. They're yes. out there, I promise.
0: <laughs> there are many routes to have to finding and having and maintaining faith. Mm-hmm. It Absolutely. can it can be whatever you want. And like we were talking about the internet earlier. Like mm-hmm maybe be careful about where you find your internet faith community
1: sure yeah
0: <laughs> uh, but there but there's there's support out there so just keep that in mind absolutely. again be nice to people it makes everyone better <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> absolutely i don't know i feel like that's a pretty good place to just end it i don't know about you yeah sure i'm
0: i'm good for that <laughs> uh okay Uh so i guess um Thank you for listening. Uh, I just wrote the yeah. outro for the first time, uh, so this is going to be the let's live first reading spin. of it. Uh, yeah, let's take it for a spin. Uh, faithful is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. Our theme song is the start of well, is the start of something new, courtesy of Ketza. We can be reached through sending us an email at faithful, that's with two L's, pod at gmail.com, or through our Twitter at faithful, again with two L's, pods, plural pods. Uh, And since while you're listening to this, we are going to be a brand spanking new podcast. Uh, Please, 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 please uh, rate and review us wherever you're listening. Uh, Subscribe uh, and hopefully maybe recommend us to a friend or two, uh, because all of that will help us to uh, find a wider audience and to uh, and Mm -hmm. just, I don't know, spread the word, make more people happy. Yeah. Uh, I'm also on Twitter uh, at Chris- at Sea Woods Art not Christina Woods Art, because someone else <laughs> took that and Twitter hates long usernames uh, so <laughs> at Sea Woods Art for me you can find me
1: at of Hauntings on Twitter
0: uh, and we don't have a sign off yet so, so as any uh, good
1: new podcast does
0: not yeah have. so I guess just a uh, peace <laughs> yeah peace <laughs> <laughs> six square feet of room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.